And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Amen. If you would turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 9, and let's read verse 5 and 6. Verses 5 and 6. Amen. When you have it, say, I have it. Amen. It sounds like only half of us have it. Praise the Lord. So when you have it, say, I have it. Praise God. That's more like it. (laughs) Amen. Verse 5, Acts chapter 9 reads, And he said, this he is referring to Saul. As you recall, this is our text. Saul Saul is on his way. Amen. To attack the church, he got arrest warrants from the high priest in Jerusalem that extended all the way to Samaria. Damascus, sorry. And he's now on his way, struck uh, down from his beast, groveling in the dirt, heads down, amen, cannot see. And the first words that came out of his mouth is, who are you, Lord? Because you see, the encounter has to be a Lord's, has to be a Lord's encounter. It wasn't a man's encounter. For a light to strike you, a light that is brighter than the noonday sun. To strike you down on your knees. It has to be the interception of a Lord. Not a man. Amen. That's not the light from a vehicle's beam. No. That's not a high beam light. That's a heaven beam light. Amen. Amen. And that's not the light when, as he said in the movie, Scotty beam me up. No, no, no. <laughs> that is the inception of a Lord. And all he did was just arrive. He never touched Saul. Amen. And Saul on his knees asked, Who are you, Lord? Brothers and sisters, I propose to you this is the first question every Christian should ask themselves as soon as they get saved. The first question is, Who are you, Lord? But unfortunately for us, most times we just we just move along the church. And not be in pursuit of the answer to this question. Who are you Lord? Very important question to answer. Who are you Lord? And the Lord said. The Lord answered. Amen. Let us us see who is the Lord. The Lord said I am whom? (laughs) What a blessing. We serve Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. And he added, it is hard for you to kick against the bricks. Mm -hmm. It is hard for you to kick against the bricks. We'll explain that if the Lord permits time. Verse 6 reads, and he, Saul, trembling and astonished, dumbfounded. Can you say dumbfounded? Yes, just mesmerized. Said, very important question. Lord, what will you have me to do? Can you say, Lord, what will you have me to do? This is the English for this word, for this, the English translation for these phrases. Lord, what's your will for my life? <laughs> Can you say, Lord, what's your will for my life? You know, for years, many of us Christians, we've been asking and searching, Lord, what's your will for my life? What do you want me to do? The problem is, we ask this question first, instead of asking the first question. Instead of ensuring that we understand who are you, Lord, and then, after you understand who are you, Lord, now, what 
your, what's your will for my life? We just skip over who are you, Lord, and go straight to what's your will for my life. Can somebody say trouble? Or delay? And I think that's where many of us are today. There is a silence on the other side every time we pray. Lord, what's your will for my life? Because we have not addressed the first question. The first question is, who are you, Lord? I need the proper perspective of who are you, Lord? The creator of heaven and earth. Before I can find out what you want me to do. I'm not talking about somebody telling you about who he is. I'm talking about you finding out for yourself who he is. Me finding out for myself who he is. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. And so the need to have this question answered, that is, what's your will for my life, has been lurking in the minds of Christians for years. Since in my 35 to 40 years plus as a Christian, this is the question I get pelted at me the most. Pastor, what do you think the will for my life is? What do you think God's will for my life is? <laughs> How many of you, honestly, don't put up your hands, but that question keeps haunting you. you if you don't have to put your hands, just say, mm, so the person next to you can say, okay, that's you. Amen. Amen. Don't be ashamed, just say, mm. <laughs> Lord, why am I, why, why am I here on this earth? And so if you're here today and if you're looking, you tuned in a good time and you came a good day to find out how can you find out God's will for your life. It's right in the scripture. Amen. And as I said, it will take me two sessions to finish this, this particular topic. The topic of our discussion, sorry, I forgot to give it, is Lord, what would you have me to do? Our sermon entitled, our sermon title, sorry, this morning is Lord, what would you have me to do? Or Lord, what is your will for my life? Amen. Now, two weeks ago, I hinted that this is not the first question, as I said, we should get ourselves preoccupied with. The first question to that question should be what? Who are you, Lord? Amen. Who are you, Lord? One commentator wrote, I think it's uh, the late Dr. Rogers. He said the two most important questions that anybody could possibly ask at any moment in the right sequence is, Who are you, Lord? And Lord, what do you want me to do? In the proper sequence, Who are you, Lord? And then, what do you want me to do? Then he went on to state that when we can adequately resolve the question, who are you, Lord, then, listen, saints, when we can adequately resolve the question, who are you, Lord, then the answer to question number two, Lord, what would you want me to do, will come naturally. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Let me see, can I, can I repeat that? Amen. When you get a handle, when you start to resolve and understand who are you Lord who are you Lord the answer to question number two Lord what is your will for my life will come naturally can you say naturally now last week we spent some time if you can recall to answer the question who are you Lord amen we spent some time last week and if you don't mind I'll just quickly review what we said amen glory be to Jesus hallelujah so once again, 
And I'm going to make a point when I'm going to repeat what I said, amen? Because I want you to understand the point. The first phase in finding out what would you have me to do, Lord? Oh, Lord, what is your will for my life? What's the first phase? We need to answer, who are you, Lord? Now, here is the reason why. Here is my point. The reason why we need to answer and understand who are you, Lord, before finding out, Lord, what do you want me to do? Is because, here it comes, first, we are called for relationship with God, not to service. <laughs> uh, we are called to what? Relationship with God, not for service at first. Service flows out of relationship with God. Mm -hmm. When you and the Lord, you've struck a chord. Amen. And the Lord reveals to you why you were born. Glory be to God. Then it becomes very difficult for you to be derailed. I will accept the quietness as you being pensive. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let me reiterate what I said. When you find out who are you Lord. The question, what do you want me to do, will come naturally. Because first we are called for what? Relationship. You and I are called to be in relationship with Jesus our Lord. And when you are in relationship with Jesus our Lord, he answers, who are you? What, what do you want me to do, Lord? And we'll see it in a while in the life of Paul the Apostle. But first let me take some time to... Give a definition of what the word Lord means. We spoke about it last week. And so I want to just reiterate it. Very important. The word Lord. When Paul asked the question. Can you go back to verse 5? When Paul asked the soul. Sorry. Asked the question. Who are you Lord? He was saying the word Lord means. It comes from a root word. Which means, which means supreme one. It means. Supreme in authority. It means the controller. It means the owner. It means he's the one who's, who has final authority. So when Paul asked, he said, who are you the one who has final authority? Who are you controller? Who are you sovereign one? That's what Paul was saying. Saul, sorry, was asking. Who are you Lord? Because he did not know who the Lord was. How many of you know many of us can be in church we can be paul was in church for excuse me sometimes i may use saul instead of paul but you understand right saul was in church for a long time he called himself a pharisee of the pharisees he kept the law every t was crossed every i was dotted that's why he called himself a Pharisee of the Pharisees. His father was a Pharisee. He came from a well-to-do family. And he was in church every day. But he did not know the Lord. Since I hope that's not our fit today. That many of us are coming to church. But we do not know who the Lord is. You don't have to go to seminary to know who is the Lord. We got how many books? 66 books. It's a love letter. Amen to you and I. I will, I'm going to give a testimony. I, I am. It was not in my sermon, but it came to my heart on, on Friday. Was it Friday or Thursday? On Friday, my wife and I got a call from, 
Thursday from an individual who attended church here. But when he came in three years ago, he rolled, he was rolled into the church. He came in with a wheelchair. He came in on a wheelchair three years ago. And he heard me said this right here. He heard me said, if you want your life to change, if you want to develop a relationship with the Lord, if you want to know Jesus as Lord, the, there's a formula. Five chapters of Proverbs, five chapters of Psalms, one chapter of Proverbs every day. March 1st, Proverbs 1, Psalms 1 to 5. March 2nd, Proverbs 2, Psalms 6 to 10. March 3rd, Proverbs 3, Psalms 11 to 15. I think you get the message, right? Okay. I know you are. Praise the Lord. So, three years ago, he heard that. And he said, so he, come, he called my wife and I. He said, I need to see both of you. And he sounded rather urgent. And I think, uh, uh, Elder, he's your uh, cousin. He, oh, that's Elder's uncle. Elder David's uncle. He called. And so we, he said, can I meet you? I need to meet you at Applebee's and Mayhem. And so my wife and I, he said, I need to see both you and your wife. And I remembered him uh, on the wheelchair. He said, I'm no longer on the wheelchair. He said, Pastor, I'm no longer poor. And, uh, I, I, well, you know, when somebody tells you I'm no longer on the wheelchair, I'm no longer poor, it, it begs your attention. Would you say? You want to know how did you get there? And he began to tell me, he said, you remembered. You had said three years ago. Proverb of the day. Followed by five Psalms. I said, yes, sir. He said, when I was in the church, I had one pair of pants. My pants was tied with a string. I was bound by drugs. And other habits. And he said, when you said five chapters a day and the proverb of the day he said something struck me in my heart and something said that's your way out my wife and i we hastened to applebee's because i wanted to see the miracle the lord did and i entered applebee's and i saw the man stood up from his chair and walked i sat down i could not believe well i did but you know what i'm talking about you know, it's, it's, it's just an expression. Let me say, I was very surprised and excited to see a man whom nobody laid hands on stood up and walked to me. <clears throat> wow! And what intrigued me was the way the word of God rolled from his mouth. Every word, every statement he made, it was supported by God's word. And he said, Pastor, you changed my life when you gave that piece of information. And I'm sitting here, I'm saying, wow. Because you see, for years I've been touting it. You know, I know it changed my life. But I've been looking for somebody to testify also. Jamelia, problem of the day, five Psalms. And he said, he said, and when he said that, I said, I said, he said, that's how you started. I, he said, yes. I said, but you didn't stop there, right? <laughs> because what God is going to do is suck you in. He said, oh no, that's too little for me now. He said, I don't do, he said, I do 10 Psalms a day. I read, oh, 
I, I, was, I was surprised because the Bible says, test and see that the Lord is good. Oh, he had a test and that test sucked him in. And he began to devour God's word. The man's life changed. The man showed me. I went out. He said, come see my vehicle, a brand new Jaguar. He said, pastor, look at the woodwork. I looked at the woodwork. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, wood, can I be honest with you? I looked at the woodwork and I said, Lord, my goodness. <laughs> I said, Lord, did you overlook me? <laughs> he said, look, he said, he said, look at my shoes. Sneakers over $250. I, I'm telling you what I saw. He said, look, look, pastor. His ring, five grand. And it has um, diamonds. He's chained six grand. And he just say, he just keeps saying, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. God is good, hallelujah. And he said, pastor, you can take anything you need in the restaurant. He said, you take anything, buy anything you need, it's paid off. It's paid for. And I said to myself, I'm not concerned about the food. I'm concerned about how you got there. Yeah, I want to know how you got there. I want to know how you stood on your own. He said I was reading one day. The Bible says, since the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 22. They who find God's word. It is life to them. And health to their flesh. That word health means medication. Just like you pop a pill. Every day, if you read five Psalms, one proverb, you are popping spiritual pill that's going to bring wholeness to your soul. Go to the scripture, please. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22. Proverbs 4, 22. Since I didn't, I did not intend to give that testimony, but the Lord just dropped it in my spirit. I've been enjoying that testimony all day Friday, all day Saturday, enjoying it driving to church this morning. But the Lord said, Share it. Amen. For there are life. The word there here is talking about the word of God. For the word of God is what? Life unto those that find them. And what? That health in the Hebrew means medicine. Medicine. It means medication. To what? To what? To, to what? To what? All their what? Not their spirit. Oh, that's taken care of already. To your flesh that has cancer. To your flesh that has high blood pressure, diabetes. To your flesh. God's word is powerful. And he said, Pastor, it'll work if you believe it. Yeah, he, I said, he's preaching to me. That's, yes. Yeah, he said, it works if you believe it. The man said to me, he said, I love the Lord. He said, I love the Lord. He, what he was saying, I now have a relationship with God. He said, very few things matter to me. He's, he's rich, but that, that doesn't matter to him. He said, my relationship with God. And my wife and I, were sitting there, and man is speaking. And every sentence or two is a scripture verse. I just, the tears well up in my eye. Because you see, for years I've been touting, touting it. And it seems like, I'm wasting, am I wasting my time? 
I'm not hearing any testimony from what it, what it has done for me. What I saw it did, it did for a, um, uh, when we were TCC in the classroom, uh, upstairs TCC, um, one Tuesday evening, I saw an officer. You heard that story already? Okay, okay. I, sm I met an officer. He was an officer at TCC at the time when I met him. Looked wonderful, dressed in his, his officer's uniform, and I gave him a, a, a flyer. Because we were having church at TCC, I gave him a flyer. He said, oh, pastor, I'm saved. He said, do you want to hear my story? I said, I got 10 minutes. He said, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. He said, five years ago, I was homeless beneath a bridge. This, this, he said, I was homeless beneath a bridge. He said, somebody brought me some soup. And the Lord told them to bring me a Gideon Bible. So he said, they gave me the soup and thrust the Bible in my bosom and said, read it, it'll change your life. He said, since I had time on my hand, guess what I did? I began to read. He said, the first year, something changed. He said, I began to see my way clearly. The first time I read through, it took me five or six months. He said, the second time I read through, he said, all of a sudden, I knew why I was born. God meets you in the scriptures. And he said, God began to talk to me. He said, God told me, go back to the shelter. Because he said he was away from the shelter. He was running from being under authority in the shelter. He said, that's where I should be. But they said, you have to turn the phone off at nine at eight. He said, I like to sleep. I like to stay up late. So I find myself beneath the bridge. God said, me get back under authority. He said, I signed up back in the shelter. And he said, I began to walk my way. And they gave me a place to go to help. You know what the shelter does. They put him in a program. He had to give him some new clothes. He had to go to school, work. And, do, and he, said in, he said, in year three, he enrolled in the academy. Because he knew what God told him. And he said, Pastor, today I'm married. I just bought a brand new house with three kids. <laughs> nobody laid hands on him nobody said thus save the lord yeah 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 no 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 all he did was spend time in the presence of god and he built a relationship with god and the man was he commanded my attention i began to listen since what's our problem <laughs> what's our problem we need to know who are you lord for real because if God can do that for a homeless man, if God can do that for a man who walked in on a wheelchair, we have no excuse. Because God does not practice partiality. Romans 2.11. It's whether or not you and I will put in the time and believe it and take God serious. Quickly let me see time is slipping away. The apostle, uh, Saul, listen, Saul got saved. Let me back up. Saul got knocked down from his beast. Mm -hmm. Blinded. God told him, he asked the Lord, hear what he asked the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to do? And the Lord said to Paul, the Lord said to Saul, yes, Saul. <laughs> you are going to write 13 books. You're going to write all the epistles. Mm -hmm. You're going to be the epitome of 
who a Christian should be. Did the Lord tell him that? No. The Lord said, go to Damascus and you will be told what to do. Because you need to find out who are you Lord first before I can tell you what you were born to do. Um, Paul tried to circumvent the route. Listen, listen to what he did. I'm going to close because I see the time is running from us. This is what he did. As soon as he got saved, he began preaching. He got saved. Read it in Acts chapter 9. Saul got saved. You know when you got saved, you got excited. You love the Lord and begin. Amen. So Paul, he is he's preaching. And they decided to kill Saul. The very thing he did, he was doing. A few folks said, who's that guy talking about Jesus? That hypocrite. He was killing Christians yesterday. Today he's talking about Jesus Christ. They guarded the gates day and night to kill Saul. The Christians now had to help Saul. They lowered Saul in a basket. Behind the gates. Behind the wall of the city. At night. Mm -hmm. Lowered him in a basket. And Saul ran back to Tarsus. Where he came from. Now listen. Nothing is said about Saul in Acts chapter 10. Because in the, he's in the dark getting to know who are you Lord. Nothing is said about Saul in verse 16. He's in the dark getting to know. Verse, verse 11 sorry. Chapter. Oh God sorry about that. Chapter 10 nothing about Saul. Chapter 11 nothing about Saul. Chapter 12 nothing about Saul. Acts chapter 13. All of a sudden we hear about Saul. From Acts 9 to Acts 13. 15 years 15 years passed because it took Saul 15 years to find out who are you Lord and to put himself back on the authority. Saul found out Jesus Lord had an established church and God trusted the apostles with the church. And God was not going to circumvent that route. No, no, no. So Saul had to find himself back to Jerusalem. I'm trying to, I'm trying to share something with you. It took him 15 years to find out who are you, Lord. Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 13 now. Let's hear what the Bible says about Saul who now found out, who has found out who is Lord. Acts chapter 13, you got it? Acts chapter 13. Yeah, what it says. Acts chapter 13 verse 1. Sorry about that. Now there were in the church. You know what? There were, there were what? You know what? You see Saul didn't know anything about church. When he started. He got knocked down from his beast blind. They laid eyes on him. They laid, uh, Ananias laid hands on Saul. He got his side. He stayed around the brethren. All of a sudden he wanted to preach and teach. It wasn't time as yet. Disappeared from the face of the earth for 15 years. Oh, now he's back to, in Jerusalem. In what? Church. Submitted himself <laughs> to God's established authority. In the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers were there. Who were there? Prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon that was called what? Is that Niger? Okay, Niger and Lucius. By and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and who was there? His name is still Saul. <laughs> After 15 years, his name is still because he hasn't found out who is the Lord. Oh, he did. Now he's going to be repositioned. 
Verse 2. Read verse 2. Verse 2 says. Uh -huh, what verse 2 says. As they ministered to the Lord. And what? Tell somebody fasting is good. Yeah, the Holy Ghost said. Separate me. Barabbas and whom? For the what? Whereon I have called them to. His calling finally came. After 15 years. He found out who was Lord now. And the Bible says he went back to Jerusalem. And he's in a prayer meeting fasting now. Just praying and fasting. Not expecting nothing. Amen. Like we have in like we have prayer meetings here. People are just praying and you know just blessing God. And how, how do you by the way. How do you minister to the Lord? How according to the verse. How do we minister to the Lord? And what? As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. So how you minister to the Lord? By fasting and what? Praying. That's how you minister to the Lord. Well, well, well maybe you have a different book that talks about a different way. But as far as the Bible is concerned, it says that's how you minister to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Minister to the Lord. Fasted. The Holy Ghost said. Who said? The Holy Ghost spoke now. Now that Saul has found out. And brothers and sisters, that's a blueprint for you and I who want to find out God's will for our lives. I skipped a lot of verses. I'll get back with it next week. But there is a blueprint here. It took Saul 15 years to find out who is Lord. And when he found out who is Lord, he did the right thing. He went back to Jerusalem. Submitted himself to the authority of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. And now the Holy Ghost said now he's ready now he's soft he's humble i can work with him now let me call him out for the purpose for which he was born how many of you love that what a blessing what a blessing and from then on his name was changed to paul and this man went on and changed the entire world can, do i have five more minutes Five more minutes? Yeah. Somebody asked me last week, Pastor, what do you mean by this is the time where we need to know Jesus as Lord? You remember I said that last week. So somebody asked, what do you mean by that? And So I began to scour the Bible. Eric, I began to scour. Very, very good question. What do you mean when you say this is the time for us to recognize Jesus as Lord? Yes, we know Jesus as Savior. We know Jesus as the groom. You know that. We know Jesus as our brethren, as our high priest. These are different relationships put forth for us in the Bible. But now is the time where we need to know him as Lord. And so the person said, Pastor, what do you mean? And I began to scour the Bible. I know I'm talking fast. Sorry about that. I began to scour the Bible and the Holy Ghost said to me, I need you to read the story of the centurion in Matthew chapter 8. You remember that centurion who came to Jesus because he had a servant who was sick? Matthew chapter 8, I think verse 5. I think that's, that's the text, if we can read it quickly. So he had a servant that was very ill, the centurion. Amen. Let's just read the story quickly. Oh God, I give you praise. Help me. Mm. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, they came unto him, a what? Beseeching him, begging him. What is the centurion saying? Verse 6. What he said? And saying, Lord, how, how did he call him? He didn't say Savior. He didn't say the groom of the church. How many of you, Jesus is our groom? We are the bride, is the groom. 
he, he didn't say brother Jesus. No, he said, Lord, my what? Servant lieth at home sick of the palsy. My servant lieth at home sick. My servant is paralyzed and he's tormented from the paralysis of some sort. Okay, verse 7 says what? Verse 7 says, Jesus said, Jesus is such a nice guy. Amen. Jesus said to him, um, I will come and do what? Heal him. Jesus said, I'm coming and heal him. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, per adventure, I come in there, I may get a meal or something. I'm just joking. <laughs> verse 8, verse 8, verse 8 says, the centurion, you know who's a, a centurion? is a Roman soldier that's over 100 men. A man who understands authority. I'm getting to a point here. A man who understands the power that flows within the ranks of authority. <laughs> oh, are you, I'm getting somewhere sense. And so the man said to Jesus, he said, hey, 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 I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. He said, I'm not all of that. Master, you got an entourage. But speak the word. In other words, give the command. Ooh, my God, he said, he said, you, this is what the man is saying. I've heard of you. I know power when I see power. And to walk in that power, you must be an authority. He said, all you got to do is give the command. Those of you who have been in the army or in the Navy, you know what it is when your commander give a command. It is unquestionable. Nobody questions that order. The man says, just give the command. It's unquestionable. It must be results. <laughs> Ooh, and he said, and my servant shall be healed. Here's the kicker. He's not even asking for himself. He's asking for somebody else. And here is why he told Jesus you can do that. Here is it. Verse 9. He says, here is why. All you got to do is give the command. For I am a man under. <laughs> Woo! I have soldiers under me. And when I give the command, go. He got, he's got to go. Because I'm a man under. Saul find that out. Saul ran back to Jerusalem and found himself under authority of the church leaders. And God blessed the man. He said, he said, he said, I said to another go and he goes. I said to one come and he comes. And he said unto my servant do this and he does it. No questions asked. He said I understand power that flows within the ranks of authority. Give the command Jesus is going to be okay. If only we can understand that. If only we can understand that. You ask the question, what do you mean? By now is the time for us to see Jesus as Lord. This is what this is telling us. We need to find ourselves under Jesus' authority. His established authority. And notice, I want to show you this right here. Paul, Paul did not find his will apart from the church. Yeah, you get me. You know some of us out there. Well, you know I was called and uh, bless the Lord. And I okay. 
That's not what I see in the Bible. I see God, what he does, he confirms your calling in the presence of everybody. <laughs> and then he releases you because God works through men and women. God could have told Saul everything when he fell on his face. He said, go to Damascus and the man is going to tell you what to do. I'm going to stop here. Father, we give you praise. <laughs> we give you glory. Oh God, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Now is the time for us to get to know Jesus as Lord saints. Now is the time to find out and glory be to God and experience that relationship like that man. To experience that relationship. Like the office I met in 2012. Since there is need now to know Jesus as Lord. And if I may say that has been the issue of the church. Many of us, we have good hearts. We want, to, we want to do a lot for the Lord. But we do not know the Lord assured. Now is the time, saints, to break your Bible open. Say, break my Bible open. Yeah, now is the time to make the time to break your Bible open. So we can build that relationship. If God did it for one man. Mm, if God did it for two men. Mm, won't God do it for you and I? If you're out there, if you are out there and you're lacking direction in your life, you're lacking direction, you've been tossed to and fro by every wind, can't keep a job. Amen? Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm talking about those of you who are out there or in here, or you are having challenges. Settling, just settling. You know, sometimes you just want to settle in life. <laughs> And it's taking some time. Sometimes it's through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. But other times it's the devil trying to mess with you. Now you get what I'm saying, saints? I need you to understand that. Sometimes it's us because of the challenges we've made. Sorry, the decisions we've made and, and the thoughts we've entertained. But sometimes it's the devil. Now is the time to change it around. Now is the time to change it around. Now is the time to repent and say, Father, just talk to your father. Tell him, Father, forgive me. I have a Bible on my shelf that's collecting dust. Maybe yours not, but I got a cell phone that has four, 14 versions of the Bible. I can, I can choose to open the Bible on my cell phone or look at Facebook or look at Instagram. Or what's the other one? Snapchat. Oh, what's the other one? Tick, 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 tock. <laughs> I got a choice to do that or open and go to the Bible. Now is the time to make the right choice. Since you can change your life in one, two, three years. If God did it in the life of these men, God can do it. God, this one said to me, God sent me here. God sent me here three years ago. He said I was going down. Down. I'd lost everything. Would you say he had no hope? None. My wife and I saw this man and I sat. He stood up and I sat. Because I remember the man bound in a wheelchair. Helpless. 
and in three years rose up like a lion and the words are coming from his mouth my god god is no, god is no respect of persons you are here this morning because god wanted you to hear that stop messing around spending 10 15 minutes in the bible 30 minutes that's that's for babies you are fighting for your life the bible says in in psalms 42 verse 10 stand still and see the salvation of the lord it is time for you to stand still stop all that movement sit down somewhere and fight for your life fight for your life stop calling this and that and just sit down turn the cell phone over get your bible open and start reading until you fall asleep and ask god father i'm reading give me give me instructions give me instructions you said if i seek matthew 7 7 i'll find if i knock the door will be open that's me seeking i'm knocking there is a promise you said if i do that we're in 2023 things are not going to get better now every time every time i enter walmart and exit it's a hundred dollars am i right or am i right i couldn't believe it every time i enter walmart and leave now it's a hundred dollars that was never the way before the bible says that's what's going to happen in the end things are going to get very expensive mm -hmm. and we are at we are in the end in the last days i'm saying that because i need us to settle ourselves we need to sit down and settle mm -hmm. many of us we got callings on our lives we know what we want to do mm -hmm. but we cannot move god cannot do nothing because he's not gotten a hold of us god needs a hold of you before you can do anything for him effectively that's always giving god half half full just half full and half full and quarter full you know half full means half empty and quarter full means three quarter empty why don't we just go all the way i'm challenging you for the next year before the year is out try to read the bible twice two times just try it if you read three chapters a day three chapters a day you'll read the bible in one year six chapters a day you'll read the bible in two years Oh, nine chapters a day, you got it going. And some of you have that time. Some of you have that time. You are one chapter away from being delivered. Just one chapter away from being delivered. From any sickness, from any disease, from finding out why you were born. From the direction you've been asking God. God, what is it about? If you do this one thing for me. If you give me understanding on this, just one thing, I'll be okay. One chapter away. Just one chapter away. For favor with somebody. Just it. Favor. One chapter away. Asking God, make a way for me, Father. I need direction here. Mm -hmm. One chapter away. How many chapters away? One. One chapter away. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands up? And ask God, I want to see what you see. I want to say what you say. Yes, learn how to love like you love. I want to walk like you walk, Jesus. Just talk to your Lord. Just talk to your Lord and just talk from your heart and ask him to help you. Oh, Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. Help me be a better Christian. Your word says it is you who will to do. You give the desire. It is God who works in us both to will 
and to do for your good pleasure. You give the willingness and the ability to do. So Father, we ask you today, today to give us the willingness. Help us to be willing to be willing. And then give us the ability. God, empower your people. It's let we need to know you as Lord. Help us know you as Lord as we begin this journey. March 11th. Is it March 11th? So, sorry. March 12th, 2023. I'm beginning this journey today. Hallelujah. So God can get a hold of me. So I can begin to do what I was brought on this earth to do. We all have a contribution to make to humanity sins. Don't you tiptoe out of this life. Let me say that again. Don't you tiptoe out of this life without making that contribution. We need your contribution. We need your contribution. You came here loaded. Don't you tiptoe out of this life without blessing us. But this is the way to start. Pursue. Lord, who are you? And since you're never too old, you are never as long as you're breathing. For those of you who are looking, you are never too old. Never too old. As long as you got breath in your body, you're all right. Moses was 120 years, and the Bible says his eyes were not dimmed, nor his strength abated. Uh-huh. But he was strong at 120. Come on, somebody, can you give the Lord a hand of praise? We give you praise. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.